0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
2: And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track, over his head and over the wall you believe that? And
1: 29 other MLB clubs.
2: Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, gone. Go hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh, boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a Judgy in blast. All rise, here comes the Judge.
1: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe, from humidors, to spin rates, to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on AceCast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: I want to start the show with two things today. And welcome to AceCast Live from the field. One is our great guest list, courtesy of the commander, our old buddy, I think to this day, and Cody, correct me if I'm wrong, Liam Hendricks still is your all-time leader in appearances on A's Cast Live. Yeah, I don't think it's even close. At, from a player. Ray Fossey, I don't think we'll, – Ray Fossey's like Babe Ruth. No <laughs> one's ever going to eclipse Ray Fossey.
3: Yeah, I, I think the next closest, if we had to pick a player, probably Cole Irvin. On the team currently. Not even close to No, but playing. I'm saying like currently that's on the team that's been here for a few years.
0: Cole Irvin, who I did chat with probably about 20 minutes ago in the tunnel, uh, had a really good bullpen today, feeling good, thinks he corrected what was wrong in the last start. And we talked about him finishing strong. I'll get into that a little bit later. And by finishing strong, that means top 10 in ERA, which is a big deal on a bad team that's a big deal but the two things I wanted to address uh, the great guest list with Liam going to be here coming up here just a little bit after four and then coming up here at five o'clock it's going to be the general manager of the do I have that right yeah five o'clock the general manager of your Oakland Athletics David Force is going to be here as there's really interesting things to bring up with David what he wants to see down the stretch? Uh, what does it mean for these players? What they're really playing for. Now, he can give us, oh, it's record, and I'm gonna be I need more than that. What are these guys playing for? What is this gonna do for you in the offseason if a guy plays well and if a guy doesn't play well? How do, how do you view a player for spring training if a guy goes out and rips it up right now, or if a guy goes out and stinks it up right now? And tomorrow, now I'm going to have to figure out how to phrase this, too. Tomorrow, we're going to have at noon Eastern, so that is going to be 9 a.m. our time, a vote about rule changes for next year. And some of these rule changes are to basically... Go after what front offices have been doing. How does he feel about that? I'm very curious because one of the things that front offices love is they love them some shifts. They've spent a lot of time. I don't know how much money, but they have spent a lot of time on figuring out, well, I guess it would be money because... You're paying either people inside your organization or people outside of your organization to come up with the best ways to shift and play defense against individual hitters. They're not going to take that away from you. And more and more, they are legislating against the moves you have made as front offices. You use these maneuvers as an advantage and now they're taking that away. How do you feel as somebody in a front office? I would say that's a legitimate question.
3: Yeah, I agree. Good thing we'll have David ask him about it.
0: Because somebody had to come up with their
3: – it's not the coaching staff. No, and, I mean, they're doing a lot of these roles now in the minor leagues. So I am I'm, I'm, i can't believe I'm saying it, but I am – banning or limiting the shift is going to help baseball a lot. The pitch clock is going to help the speed up the game. I mean, oh, we've already seen it in the minor leagues.
0: yes. Well, and let me give you another. Uh, Talking to Cole Irvin earlier today, he likes the idea. Because, you know, when you're a pitcher and you've just played this game a certain way and base hits up the middle have always been something that has happened, what fries pitchers really more than anything is when you give up hits where defenders should be where they traditionally have been. And some people may say, well, you got to get over this traditional. Well, I don't know. The NBA, the NFL, hockey, they have instituted rules to take defenses back to what they used to be or to change how defenses have evolved. You can't cover wide receivers the way you used to in the National Football League. They've switched defenses multiple times on how you can defend in the NBA. Hell, at one point in college basketball, you couldn't dunk because of Kareem Abdul Jabbar. So rules have changed to make the game better, and they're doing that. They're essentially in some way, not in always, like I don't think front offices want pitchers to work slower. But that's just where pitching has evolved, to. So the pitch clock is to make guys speed up faster. But there are certain things that they're trying to do by, for example, making a reliever have to get three outs. In the future, there is going to be some type of rule about making starters go a certain point. They want to see starting pitchers go back to throwing more innings where front offices don't. And here we are with shifting. Is, there's no question shifts are doing Shifts are a big thing um combating against the shifts is going against front offices there's no question about it if you're wondering yeah it's hot as you know what out here we've had to put our our camera underneath and this is the that that's the first part was who's coming up today that's going to be Liam Hendricks is going to pop by and then it's going to be David Force the second thing i want to address is you know what if if i see that left-handed guy named Dallas Braden, who all we do is praise him about his perfect game. If I see him on the field, I'm throwing this at him. Okay? Dallas Braden taking shots at Ace Cast Live for being under the umbrella. If you watch this show on YouTube or on Twitter, you have never seen an umbrella over my head. Not once. I am out here. Cody is out here in the sun for hours the only thing our umbrella does is sit underneath our technology to make sure it doesn't overheat to where dallas braden who is what mr 209 from the valley where it's so hot had his little air conditioner had his little heater had his little umbrella little princess had his umbrella over him constantly remember that the stand in the umbrella where's my stand in my umbrella no 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 i'm not aerial. I'm not the princess, okay? I'm not, you know, I was trying to think of uh, what was her in um, Let It Go, oh, Let that's It Go, uh, uh, Elsa. Elsa. I'm not yeah. Elsa. I'm that's I'm not movie Elsa Brayden. I'm not, no, I'm not Elsa Braden. I'm not a Disney princess movie like Dallas Braden was for all that time underneath there. And it wasn't even that hot. Dallas Braden had an umbrella, and it was 72 degrees. It'd be almost nighttime. He'd have a marine layer, and he'd have an umbrella. Then if it got cold, ooh, he'd have a heater. Mr. 209 acting like he was Nanook of the North, and he could take all the elements. If you don't know what that is, look it up, folks.
3: Oh, there he is. Where? Please. No, not. I'm, oh. talking about, I'm talking about our, our good friend.
0: But Liam Hendricks. Yeah, because I tell you, I'm throwing this at Dallas Braden. Are you going
3: to get on him for his man bun?
0: No. Uh, see, yeah. No, it's okay I, to I, say it to me. Yes, Yeah, your man bun is ugly. His is gorgeous. He's Liam Hendricks. He's a three-time All-Star. I'm just a guy. Liam Hendricks, I got to tell you, as an athlete, I may have some of the most respect for him of all the guys that I've covered. This guy right here has been a guy, and he's a fan favorite, and he should be because you know what? Some guys are about they're great players so you love them as great players because that's, in the end, what you care about is you show up, you want to see entertainment, you want a guy to entertain you. But Liam, as we all know as A's fans, means far more than that as he's got a heart of gold. And one of the reasons why he will always be a huge part of the A's family since you've left, Liam, We've upped our game and turned this also into a TV show that you can watch on YouTube and on Twitter. It is great to have you back. As we said, no one has been on this show as a player more than you. <laughs> You've been on more than it. You are on the Mount. Ru- you are forget Mount Rushmore. You are the lead. You're the Babe Ruth of A's Cast Live. Well, I'm just
4: uh, putting in the work to maybe take your job later on. Who knows?
0: Can you imagine you coming back, you and I <laughs> doing a show together? How great would that be?
4: Oh, it'd be way too long. We'd have to cut each episode into several segments because we'd both never shut up.
0: By the way, we miss you. How are you?
4: I've been doing all right. Been doing all right. It's, uh, it's been an interesting season for us over there. It hasn't been uh, quite as smooth as uh, we had hoped coming into the season, but it is what it is. And uh, we got one of your old old friends over there and Elvis back and, uh, and Deke. So we're just trying to reunite some of the gang.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting when you go into a season and everybody just declares you the, oh, you know, White Sox are easily winning the Central. White Sox are probably going to represent the American League in the World Series. And everybody heaped all this praise on you guys. You had injuries. You had stuff you are dealing with. So, as you said, it's not that easy to get into the postseason.
4: No, not even a little bit. It's um – and it's it's a lot easier from a clubhouse mentality point of view when you're not expected to do much because it's uh, you get that little bit of a chip on your shoulder when you've been told you're uh, you're going to be kind of the odds on favorites and stuff like that you get a little complacent that's what happened to us we expected to just roll through it kind of similar to what we did last year but everyone forgets how many close games we had last year that could really really turned everything around earlier on in the year
0: and the other guys get paid, too, and you think about the division, where it is right now, and, and of course, a lot of games coming up, Cleveland and, and Minnesota against each other. Uh, I mean, when you look at that, I mean, your guys schedule very favorable. How much are you looking at the other guys as also what you're trying to do?
4: Yeah, uh, a little bit, but not really because at the end of the day, if we, can, if we take care of what we can do, we play each other enough. Uh, we still got I think uh, a couple games against the the guardians we've still got a bunch of games against the twins and it, it's pretty much all in our it all in our court every team has their own thing like if the guardians go ahead and win they're gonna win if the twins go ahead and win they're gonna win because we play each other so much down the stretch so it's the same thing for us if we go ahead and win we're gonna put ourselves in a pretty good spot uh, and that's all we can do right now obviously we're out here now but We've got two against Colorado when we go home. Then we have to fly to Cleveland to play one game that we got rained out last time and then on to somewhere else and somewhere else. But uh, at the end of the day, all you need to do is win. Take it, each by, take it day by day. We just had a good couple of series against the Twins and the uh, the Mariners. so We're starting to play a little bit better, which is nice.
0: You're going to be very proud because we've had multiple Australians play for this team. We now have a fan base in Australia who's been calling – <laughs> Multiple guys, but Lucas in Australia, who's probably watching right now,
4: because it's still a little bit before afternoon on Friday there in Australia right now. Uh it's 4:13. So depending on where he's at, um, uh, the time change is uh, what will, will be probably seven o'clock in, in Perth A.M. So he watches every show. He brought his daughter
0: out. We took care of him. He oh, used yeah. my seats. Oh, oh, yeah, they. Nice. And we've been getting calls. And it's because of you guys, the influence of A's players who are Australian, who have been playing for us. We now have this. We didn't know. They start calling the post-game show because it's (laughs) the day before they watch the games because it just works out timing wise.
4: What does that mean to you? It's great. Obviously, our big thing is uh, anybody who comes over here, they need to have the mindset they want to grow the game in Australia. And that's something that. Kind of, uh, it started with the, the loud personalities, and you put it like from here with uh, with a guy like Grant Balfour or someone like that, who has that loud personality, who people can uh, kind of recognize and realize that oh, he's definitely Australian, and then it moves from there. But I mean, with the day and age of streaming and all this sort of stuff, it's becoming a lot more accessible to get baseball back home, and that's uh, that's a huge thing. But obviously, any time we get a chance to do something that's cool in the game, whether it be represent something or uh, Sometimes it's just a little bit of speaking out about certain things. But, um, yeah, it's uh, any chance we get, we got to reflect home and, and realize that uh, we're trying to grow the game so that we get more kids over here. And the more kids that come here, the bigger the, uh, the footprint is in Australia.
0: I think about your connection with this fan base and you coming back here. There's something that this fan base saw in you, respected so much, and then everything that you and your wife do for causes that you two really connected with the fan base – what does it mean for you to come
4: back? Oh, I love coming back. Obviously, uh, we've still got a bunch of guys on this team that I've played with. Uh, obviously, a guy like Tony Camp who was today announces the Roberto Clemente nominee for the A's, which is a huge honor. But um, yeah, it's it's great coming back, seeing some of the guys, but also seeing the friendly faces in the crowd or in the just the people who work at the stadium. It's 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 always refreshing coming here because this is a place where I not only came over struggled, did all right, struggled, did all right, and then had that final breakout at the uh, in, in 2018 and was able to kind of recapture my love for this game. It's uh, This place means a lot to me.
0: Well, I, you know, just talking about your time here with the A's, I think it's more than just, you know, we have a lot of young baseball players who listen and, and, and watch this show. You're an inspiration to them, but I think you're just an inspiration to everybody. And when I say that, it's from the standpoint of how you got back and how you became the guy, it's because you believed in yourself and you finally just said, you know what, I'm going to do it my way, and if I'm going out, I'm going out my way. We now, in everybody's way of life and everybody's workplace, everybody's trying to tell you what to do and how to do it. Sometimes you got to go with your own gut, and if you're going to go out swinging, do it your way. You went back to AAA after being DFA'd. We've talked about it long toss and everything but the number one thing is you said you know what i'm gonna do or die with the way liam hendricks wants to do it and you bet on yourself and it worked out just talk about that how really it's an inspiration for just not professional athletes but for people in life
4: yeah at the end of the day you don't want to leave anything on the table and i was completely content in the fact of hey if i'm gonna if i'm if if i'm done at the end of this year in 2018 i want to make sure that i go out on my terms and if i'm going to do it this way I want to leave no stone unturned. I'm not going to fit into someone else's mold because at the end of the day, talking to enough guys, I think speaking to enough guys, I think they all realize that I don't really have a mold anymore. I'm just unequivocally me. And I think really embracing that kind of mindset helped more than anything was just getting out there and like, look, I'm not like that guy. I'm not like this guy. I'm not like that guy. I'm going to be exclusively who I am. And you embrace that, and all of a sudden it just frees you. You've got to weight lift it off your shoulders because you're not trying to fit into what exactly they say and do it the right way that they think it's okay well this is what works for me and that was a lot of long toss uh not working out at all and uh pretty much just doubling down on my coffee intake which is already extreme to begin with but um yeah it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like i got on the bus today i had three ventis with me and i just nice. finished my other one before that so it's good for it good for your gut yeah i mean there's it, water and coffee so i'm staying hydrated yeah
0: no hey i've, I've learned as i've been drinking a lot more coffee i have like i was worried about it and i researched one, that's actually not that bad for you but you know the, the difference now for you is here you were becoming the guy, then you were the guy. Now you signed the big deal. What is that like now where the expectation – you're the hired gun coming in now. People see the dollar signs, the expectations. How's that changed from Oakland to where that wasn't the case?
4: That really hasn't changed me at all. It's changed people's perspective of me, but it hasn't changed me because I don't do this to make sure I live up to a paycheck. I don't do this – because of the financial thing. I do this because I love this game, and my pride is too big to let, regardless of a paycheck, regardless of anything like that, I'm going to go out there and do everything I can to win that game, and that's who I am no matter what. You could pay me a cent on every game. You could put, you could not pay me at all. I could pay you to do the same thing, and all I want to do is go out there and win. It doesn't matter. The uh, the financial side of it, which is, don't get me wrong, it's uh, exuberant and it's fantastic, and I'm, being very, I'm very lucky to be in a position that I am and being able to kind of do what we... Uh, what well, we can, my wife and I, to give back to the community that we're in. But, um, yeah, it wouldn't. The, the money doesn't change anything that I do on the field. It's, uh, it's all about making sure that I put my best foot forward, making sure I got there and take control of what I can.
0: You know, I always like talking to your wife. She's legit. And, and the fact that she held you accountable and didn't allow you to ever get in that bad mindset, And there was a time here where we're not going to mention names, where certain relievers were making excuses and watching so much video. She wouldn't allow you to be that guy.
4: No, I watch a lot of video, but I don't do it from a mindset of trying to fix myself. I do it from a mindset of looking at what I've done against people in the past, and then I use a taste-me session. So I just look at a bunch of strikeouts. It makes you feel way better. But um, that's, about, that's about it. Like, don't yeah, she'll never let me get into a position where I'm making excuses for anything that I do. Like, and that's something that we both do in the same regard. It's, okay, no. Like, yeah, there may have been extenuating circumstances, but you didn't get the job done. That's on you, not anybody else. And that's the same way we take everything. Regardless of how a play works out, regardless of anything like that, all it takes is me just to make a better pitch, and that's it.
0: You know, you, you guys are about causes, and, and I remember, you know, your manager now—I don't—is Tony here?
4: Uh, I haven't seen him yet. I'm hoping he is. Obviously, uh, Oakland with the ties with him and uh, and the the whole uh, Dave Stewart thing yeah. going on. It's uh, we're hoping to get him back. I know he's in good spirits. He's been texting us and all that sort of stuff. So it's all going well. But uh, I'm not sure if he's here yet or not.
0: So you guys teamed up when he was not a manager and you were pitching here with Arf. Uh, just talk about. Where you are now with the causes that you and your wife are in, I don't know how much has changed. You have new ones in Chicago. What's been going on with you guys off the field?
4: Yeah, we got a lot going on. Um, obviously, like I do with uh, Players for Pitts, which is a pit rescue out of Chicago. But we've been on the board of them since 2014. So this is a team, before I was even in Chicago, we had this uh, worked out with, old, with, uh, with Stephanie out there. And um, since we've been in Chicago, we wanted to really make sure, because after the COVID pandemic oh, – with the COVID pandemic going on and everything like that, we wanted to make sure we took care of first responders and locally owned restaurants and minority owned restaurants. So we've been going around and I think we've done about 20, 20 plus, um, kind of, uh, uh, outings, I guess you could say this year, uh, where we've gone in and just provided meals or just, and if we have an off day, getting a chance to go say hello, walking into we walked into a 911 call center. We went out to a, uh, holistic, um, equestrian, uh, uh, charity, like a facility last year where it like they, it's like kids with uh, disabilities that they get on the horses because it's uh, horseback riding is one of the only things that really recreates the walking process without putting the, the damage on your joints. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot going on with uh, making sure we take care of first responders. Uh, we've done some stuff with Tony with some of his military initiatives. We've uh, spoken out and we've done work with Howard Brown which is a predominantly LGBTQ youth, uh, LGBTQ hospital um and yeah between that with the animal rescue and making sure we uh we do everything it's uh it's something that both my wife and i have really taken uh, taken a hold of we created a uh, it's a foundation called the south slider society so we um yeah we go around and do whatever we can and we have a bunch of initiatives going on at all times
0: that's amazing It, it really is amazing and let's just end on this when when was it in your career that you said i have this platform I can use this platform for good because it's not about you. It's truly you guys care about helping people. How did this start and why?
4: Yeah, so being with so many organizations, you see what certain organizations did, and some organizations would be like hospital visits and all this sort of stuff. So it's you just—they'll put a flyer on the on your chair, and anyone who volunteers will go. And we did that a couple of times back with the twins and the Jays, and the and when I came out here, and it was uh, one of the things where we really. Once we were here, we kind of got a little bit more established. And uh, my wife and uh, the uh, I think it was mainly Deidre and, and Melissa the, for the A's really helped us out with making sure we took care of what we could do and, and raising ideas and throwing bouncing ideas of each other with either hospital visits or what can we do within the community, What can we, whether it be a food drive, whether it be this, whether it be that, what can we do to kind of get into the community and show them that the A's are out here and we're doing what we can. And that's, uh, it really embraced probably – I would want to say about 2017, 2017 was probably our big year where we started doing a lot more. And then 2018 was a bit of a weird year because I was up and down and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, we really embrace it now with being uh, in, a, in a place where you know you're going to be and stuff like that. We, uh, we just took it to the next level in Chicago.
0: We miss you. <laughs> we do. You were great to us. I can't say it enough. You're one of our all-time favorites. And all the time you gave us and to come out here in the heat uh and i know ace fans ap- will always appreciate you just not as a player but as a man and what you did for a lot of people and what you stand for it means a lot
4: thank you i really appreciate it it's obviously um we get into this game we love this game but it's uh it's not who define this game isn't what it defines us and what defines us is what we're able to do whether it be on the field or off the field as a person and that's something that it took me a while to gain that kind of perspective but since i have it's uh, it's made things a lot easier because at the end of the day look it's a game we're going out there we're trying our best but at the end of the day it's a game and i want to make sure that i'm known as a good human being over a good player hands down hopefully i can do both but i want to leave this game better than when i found it and that's the that's the thing what we're doing with the off the field stuff and then you got tony with the uh, the plus one effect and he's doing a fantastic job with with everything he can do in the community as well. And uh, Any chance we get to raise the awareness of people's personalities and what they're able to kind of contribute to society is something big.
0: We'll always be rooting for you.
4: Appreciate it.
0: The great Liam (laughs) Liam Hendricks right here on A's Cast Live. Okay, picture this.
5: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the
0: same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
2: Art.com.
1: The Eno Sarah Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. A'scast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: How good was that? Have our buddy Liam on? Best compliment I got was. And he's still right next to me sitting here talking to people because that's the kind of guy he is. You can't, you can't say it enough. I mean, he has great relationships with so many people here. It's 100 degrees here on the field. We got the kids behind us getting balls, and it's great and everything. Liam's still sitting here shooting the breeze with everybody. There's not many guys like that. Man of the people. Truly. Also said that I have a face
3: for my man bun, so I'm forever indebted to Liam.
0: Uh, he thought it's a bad look, also, and he thinks his is a bad look too. But he, so we he, now know that I, we now can officially say uh, it's not mean. You got to keep that umbrella. You got to keep the Dallas Braden umbrella over the iPad to make sure it doesn't overheat our camera.
3: It, true, and but Liam did say he hasn't cut his hair since 2019 because he's been good since then. So
0: he has been. He's been an all-star.
3: Yeah, he's been an all-star multiple times, and
0: two-time Rollade's reliever of the year. We uh, we could definitely use him. There is no question about that. And we miss him. And he just added to his uh, total of coming on Acecast. Yeah, Acecast well,
3: live. He just padded his lead. Like he's like a uh, he's like Joe DiMaggio, just adding to the hit streak.
0: You know, we, we, we've we talked so much and we will get into it because a very historic home run happened on this date in baseball history. We will get into that. And, yes, is it around PEDs? There's no question about it. But this one still, and we talked to Mark McGuire about it, it's still a big home run no matter uh, steroids or not. Uh, vote is going to jump on with us. Stephen Vogt. Yeah, so whenever we want him. Because you said you found him a
3: pitching coach. Uh, yeah, we did. We got to play. I have the audio. We got to play that for him.
0: I mean, we're we're already working for Stephen Vogt, and he's still a player. Hey, so, yeah. We're trying to build a staff. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the thing. I mean, you know, when you've been around the A's for a long time, you know, it's a situation where you're always going to be a big part of the A's family. So we're always going to try and take care of you, right? Like we saw with Liam Hendricks. I mean, it's funny. It's like every one of these series recently, it's crazy. There's like a former A, like a former recent A in all of these series. As you just said, hello to your good friend Liam Hendricks. We just had, you know, Matt Olsen here. It's like every one of these series recently, and the great Stephen Vogt is with us. It's always like one of our old friends has been here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's quite a few of us former A's. I guess I'm a current A now, but... Yeah, you're back. I'm back,
5: but uh, there's a lot of former A's rolling around the big leagues, and uh, it's kind of just the way it's always been. It's nice. It's nice to see familiar faces every series here at the Coliseum. It's always fun to catch up with old teammates.
0: Well, as you are a current A right now and swinging it lately, it's been a lot of fun to watch. We're already thinking about you in the future. You may not know this, but that when you're in the A's family, A's cast, we're taking care of the family. That's our job. We're always building the brand and helping the brand. So while you were away in our nation's capital, we're already starting to help build a staff for you when you become a manager. You may not know that. Your former teammate, do we have it ready? Um Sean Doolittle, we have ready for you to be your your pitching coach in the future. Here's do. Shoot, man, if if vote
6: if vote is going
0: to manage, I will
5: drop whatever I'm doing. If he ever wants a pitching coach or a bullpen coach or um, you know some kind of uh, assistant, um, I would do whatever uh, he he asked if if uh, if he was calling.
0: So. I know you're busy getting ready for all these other teams. <laughs> I'm out here on A's Cast Live helping build your next staff. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. I mean, obviously, uh,
5: I'd love to work with Sean again. Um, what a, You know, it was great seeing him in D.C. And obviously, you hear comments like that from former teammates. That means the world. That means everything, right? That means um, – but what a great person he is. What a great – you know, he's such a great pitcher. with a, He's got a position player background, just a wealth of knowledge yeah. that he's got. But uh, whether it be pitching coach – uh bullpen coach, shoot, maybe even hitting coach. I, I I remember hearing how good a hitter he was before all of his injury problems. So, uh, I, it, obviously, I've I've played with so many tremendous people and players in this organization and around baseball. But Sean Doolin and I were seatmates on the plane for probably three and a half seasons in the with the A's, and so we got very close. And uh, one of my one of my good good friends in the game.
0: Yeah, we always joke with him like, you know, when I had a show on a different radio station, I I was I was like, man. I always talked about you as the future first baseman. <laughs> I mean, you 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 showed up like a Disney story out of nowhere. He's pitching, and in less than no time, you're in the All Star game. It, it, it was absolutely unbelievable. But you know, I want to talk about you as you know everybody's going to remember you as All Star catcher. I just I, I mean now we're talking about you as the as almost like a Gold Glove first baseman <laughs> out there. What's going on at one B? <laughs>
5: Yeah, I mean, hopefully I don't get over there too often and get super exposed, but um, no, it's been fun. It's been um, one of those things that, you know, obviously I love catching, and that's always been my first love positionally, but with Shea up here now, I got to find my way into the lineup, and it's actually presented a few more at-bats for me than I than I thought I would get, and uh, but, you know, I put in good work over there every day with Eric Martins and uh, Mike Aldretti helping me with some first base work and footwork, and you know, I played there quite a bit in 14 with the with the foot injury for yeah. the wild card run, and I played there a little bit in 15 as well. So I'm. it's not completely foreign. It's just been quite a few years since I've been over there consistently. But it's fun getting over there and getting an opportunity to make some plays. Well,
0: that's what we talk about with catchers. If you're going to put a catcher at third base or first base, I mean, your whole life you've been taking balls off your chest. I mean, you just got to keep the ball in front of you and get the guy at first base. And you can do that. whether That's obviously a third. But first base, keep it in front of you, ditch it to the pitcher. I mean, keep it in front hey, of you.
5: Hey, absolutely. You, you know, we go through – as baseball players and especially in the infield you have to go through every scenario before every pitch so if it's hit to my left this is what i'm gonna do hit to my right this is what i'm gonna do if it's a slow roller you kind of go through all those processes before every single pitch and one of the ones that i do for me is like all right there's a runner on second with two outs if it's a hard hit ball right at you just drop down to both knees and block it like <laughs> a catcher like let's go uh you know i i have these visions of like wearing it off the chest and and keep it in front but that, that's your job and that's why uh the beauty of, you're right, as a catcher, you just go out there and say, hey, knock the ball down, pick it up, and get it to the get it to the right spot.
0: You know, I think about as a catcher and trying to work with these young pitchers, I think all of the technology that's around them and teaching them, we see more cameras than ever before, and they've got a lot of stuff that's going on, and what front offices would like them to work on and everything, and that's great. I, I, I equate it to golf. It's great that you can look at all these numbers on your in the driving range and how far you hit it and your spin rate and how you get the. But at some point you got to go out and play the course. And now the course has trees and sand and water. You got to chip and putt. You got to do a lot of things other than hit it hard. For me, when I when I look at baseball, it's great everything you do down there. But somehow you got to get outs over here. What is that like? As an older catcher working with these younger guys, so much technology thrown at them. And it's like. Technology is great, but we've got to get outs out here on the field. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's
5: Pitching is so far ahead of hitting right now because you have the ball in your possession and there's the tools, there's the track man, the high-speed cameras where they can see their most effective breaking ball and they can slow it down on the camera to see exactly how their release point was, where it was, and they can go try to repeat that pitch. Um, and, and that's our job as catchers, right? We got And in, in Emo, the pitching coach as well, is how do we get what we learn from the data and what we work on on the side? How do we go out and execute? <clears throat> Excuse me, because you're right. At the end of the day, that data is not going to help you when you're 60 feet inches away from the best hitters in the world, or 60 feet, six inches. So for me, it's, hey, I don't know what you're trying to do or what, but this is what that one looked like. That's the one you want to throw. That's the one right there. And go compete. I think that's been the number one thing I've really tried to help these pitchers with, and, and Murph does a great job of it too, and Shea, um, is we have got to compete on the mound. Go after people. You know, I think that's one of the biggest problems with our game right now is we do not throw enough strikes. We are getting constantly into 2-0 and 3-1 counts. And guess what? When you have to throw a pitch over the heart of the plate in a 2-0 and 3-1 count, Major League hitters are going to do damage on that. So to me, it's about that execution and attacking the strike zone. Pitchers have such nasty stuff. They're throwing so hard now. You can get people out in the zone more now than you ever could in baseball, but the problem is, is that we're not executing enough strikes on the mound as, as a whole, as an industry as a whole, and that's where we're getting into the trouble. That's why the home runs have been up. That's why doubles are up, but that's also why punch outs are up because we they're throwing nastier stuff. So if we want to, if pitchers want to go longer into games, if they want to stick around, they got to throw fewer pitches, which means you have to attack the strike zone and get weak contact. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of trend in the other direction back towards that but you're right have all the technology in the world have, know what your spin does know what this know what you want to do but at the end of the day
0: if you can't do that at seven o'clock you're yeah. going to be in trouble Four yeah. 4 30 doesn't matter at no. seven o'clock no. i want you to put your manager's hat on you've got two young catchers one guy is entering his prime the young guy is about to enter his prime it's my belief i never want young guys dh'ing i want young guys to be in the game, I want them playing defense. We've had Shea on the program. I've said, hey, at Baylor, whatever, can you play other positions? He said yes. What would you do with this dynamic next year when they potentially could be the two best offensive players we have? I need them both to play and not dh all the time.
5: Well, I, I, I'm glad it's not going to be my job to make that decision. <laughs> it's uh, it's I, a tough one, right? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. You know, I haven't been around enough long enough to know where the development goes or, or what it is, I know DHing is hard. Uh, I speak from I, I know that because I've done it, uh, especially when you're a catcher when you're used to being locked every single pitch. But at the end of the day, having two of the best catchers in baseball is going to be a great problem for the Oakland A's to have next year. Uh, you know, obviously Sean Murphy is one of the best catchers offensively and defensively in our game, and Shay's Shay's right there behind him. He's come, he's an up and comer. He's going to be a great player, and so I love watching him develop and doing what he's doing. And yeah, it's hard right now, but. What's really important in the focus for him right now is fo- focus on your ABs the days it's time for you to focus on your ABs. Yes, is it easy? No, no one's expecting it to be easy. But really dive into your offense because that's one side of the game that you're not going to have as much time to work on when you're catching every day one later in your, one, one time later in your career. When you're catching every day, you don't have the time to put into your offense like he does right now. You can't take that many swings because you've got to be ready to catch every single day, and you're, the wear and tear over the course of a full season you have to back off. So right now, it's putting that focus on there. And like you said, with to have both those guys, if you could, if you could slate one at DH and one at catcher every day, for you're gonna you're gonna like that middle of the order moving forward.
0: Uh, we appreciate the time. We know it's hot. So just one more. I, I I think about this latest road trip, your wife, your family, how special that is. I think of the Braves just being in town, and the World Series ring, and everything that's happening here. What has the last couple of weeks been like for you with family and just what you did with the Braves? What's it been like? It's been amazing. We had a great summer as a vote family, and uh, my wife Alyssa is so great. She's willing to travel with
5: three kiddos all all over the place. And so uh, we've always made a priority to be together as a family, and thankfully we've been been able to do that. Um, And to have the kids now be older, you know, Peyton's 10, Clark's 7, and Bennett's 5, they're going to remember this. And they're going to remember Dad as an A. And that was one of the really important things for us to going into this year. You know, I had some other offers, but none of them felt right. And when when David called and said that there was interest right away, we both knew this is where we wanted to be. We wanted our kids to come back to Oakland and experience it. And now they're going to have memories of Dad playing in the Coliseum. And you know, they were they were so young when I was here before. And you know, Bennett was just a, a brand new baby when I left. But um, to have them experience that, and we had a great summer, and to end on that road trip, and uh, you know. To, to win that last game in Baltimore with them there and to hit the double and just to have them – they're such big A's fans. You know, my kids, they know everybody. When the when we win, the boys come in the clubhouse and, yeah. you know, they go around telling everybody good game and giving them nucks. And it's our, this is our, what our family does. Our family our family is a baseball family. It's what we do. We travel. Um, and they, they've they just been a tremendous support. And so to have them uh, taking off for school on Sunday, you know, I miss them like crazy. It gets harder every year as your kids get older to say goodbye and to go separate ways. And, you know, Alyssa and I, I remember about 12 years ago in the minor leagues, we were getting ready to start our family. And we were like, we were praying and said, you know, it'd be awesome if one day we had to make tough decisions on what to do with the kids in school. And here we are. And so we kind of whenever it gets tough, we kind of talk and we say, hey, this is what we asked for. We asked for the tough decisions because that means we're still doing it. And um, so I'm really proud of that. And so to have them leave was a tough day, but then to come in and to see the Braves and, uh, you know i was only there for 3 months but when you win a world series like that you have a bond that's so strong it's family and those are some of the my favorite people that i've ever worked with and as soon as we see each other we light up because the memories come right back right it's uh you know they've been living it and they've been celebrating all year but for me it's like i see those guys and automatically i'm right back there in october you know going through scout reports going through meetings uh, high five and you know just all the all the emotions of the playoff run and um, just brought so much joy and such a smile to my face to be with those guys and to see them and uh, it, was, it was great to it was great to see all those all those guys the clubbies were there the trainers because it's a family and so um, it's, it's been such a great couple weeks for me and uh, I'm really looking forward to these last three four weeks of the season and finish this season out strong and and really, Just continue to do what I've been doing and and helping these young guys develop into Major League Baseball players.
0: Well, whether it's this season, you know, a lot of guys play around Major League Baseball throughout the years, but not so many guys are etched in the fabric and the history of an organization. You really have become – you've had your own chant. (laughs) You've won a playoff game. You think about the playoff games. You think about your time with the A's. I mean, you really are a big part of this organization. It is true. And I know you're not going to leave it. You're going to be around it. But at some point, you're going to be able to sit back and be like, wow, what what a major part you are of a organization that's been around for well over 100 years. I, I mean, I thank you for that. It means the world. I, I You know, I, um, this
5: place is always going to be home, whether I'm wearing this uniform or a different one, just like I have the last five years, right, when I was gone and no matter what uniform I ever put on, the Oakland A's is always going to be my home. I'm always going to be an Oakland A at heart. I'm always going to have a special place whenever I come to the Coliseum. And uh, the fans here have been nothing but great to my family and myself, and I couldn't be more proud to be an Oakland A and to have gotten to experience playoff wins in this building. I, I know what it sounds like with 55,000 A's fans, and um, which could bring up a whole other long topic of how many more Coliseum games we're going to have. But – There's something special about this building, and it's something that I'll cherish, and now my kids get to remember it, and I'm super proud of that. And I couldn't be more proud to be in Oakland A, and no matter what happens in the future, no matter what uh, the next few weeks or years hold, uh, I will always be green and gold, and I I will always, every time I come back here, I can't wait to see
0: everybody. You've always been great to us. Appreciate it. The great Stephen Boat right here on A's Cast Live.
1: The Eno-Sara Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: All righty, on this date in 1998, this historic home run.
2: Down the left field line, is it enough? Time September 8th, 1998. I
0: can tell you exactly where I was. I was at a restaurant across from Santa Clara University. It was called Cluck U at the time, eating chicken wings, drinking beer. It's now called Smoke Eaters. It's still there to this day. Actually, it's moved next door from where it originally was. Oh, yeah, I remember exactly where I was. I remember during that time, we were naive. Or maybe we just didn't want to care. The Andrew thing had popped up. Because Andro had been the bottle of Andro, which you get GNC, ha, was in McGuire's locker. A astute reporter saw it, researched it, then started asking about it. Made everybody mad. You know those trolls in the media actually want honesty, but that reporter, whoever it was, I mean we could go back and look it up, was was right on. It was a masking agent. But we loved it because we loved this game. And our game was dramatically hurt by the strike. You know, baseball has done a great job of shooting itself in the foot over and over and over and over again. We just did it with the whole lockout was shooting itself in the foot. And in that time, unfortunately, the NFL has just not past Major League Baseball. It has flown by Major League Baseball. The NBA has passed Major League Baseball. America's pastime, it's now it's trying to hold on to third. And it's its own fault. And, you know, we were having this discussion earlier today because I was driving up listening to my guy CJ Nikowski. Texas Rangers broadcaster, but does a national show on SiriusXM, Loud Outs.
3: We try to, I'll try to get him next week because we play the Rangers.
0: Oh, and I have a bone to pick with him. I uh, know. You told me. We'll, we'll save it for then. Save it because I, 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 I'm i coming down his road. Well, his ball team, his ball club's not any better. Uh, with Spilly, your guy Spillborgs, have we had
3: him on the show? A e- couple of years ago we did, but not recently.
0: So I was listening to them and the whole show as it took about an hour to get up here today. The entire show was about the Yankees and the Mets. Yankees collapse, and are the Mets collapsing, or is it really the Atlanta Braves are just playing so well? And I laughed at it, and baseball people be, of course, they're, you know, it's New York. But the two sports that I just mentioned to you, the NFL and the NBA, they don't play that game. New York and the Northeast is not at all all the center of the universe in the national football league at all practically they could care less about new york just watch the nfl network just watch the primetime games the nfl goes where the action is the dallas cowboys are bigger than any new york team even if the new york teams are winning the dallas cowboys are bigger than them yeah right like, Green Bay, smallest market. Oh, are you kidding me? Put the Green Bay Packers on primetime as much as you can. Right now, who's opening tonight? Primetime football. Bills and Rams. Why?
3: Rams won the Super Bowl. And they're in Los Angeles, too. But and yeah, that's that L.A. now, yeah, that baby.
0: Helps. L.A.'s back. Look at the NBA. We're living the dream here with the Golden State Warriors. The NBA could care less about the New York teams. Yeah. You, you had you you had you had the Brooklyn Nets with stars. They're not being put on prime time at any point over the Golden State Warriors or now LeBron and the Lakers. Nope, they wouldn't even like you'd go. The executives for the NBA looking at what's going to get us ratings and what's prime time. Nets down the line. How about the Celtics who? who've always were primetime. Nope, northeast. My god, you put that way under the Golden State Warriors. And they were just in the finals against the Warriors. They get it. Our sport, we're still It's like we're addicted to that. And can't get they can't seem to get away with it and get away from that and can't seem how to build without that. That's why
3: Yankees Red Sox is every Sunday night baseball game.
0: Yeah, but so then why don't why isn't every single primetime game we're trying to get the New York Giants on? Or the Jets, or the Jets. They're both having even in years that they are good, they're not doing that. Yeah, no. Uh, and
3: same thing with basketball. I mean, ho- I mean, hockey's different, but I mean, the Rangers and Islanders usually pretty c- competitive. But
0: ESPN's up putting them on front and center. Either TNT, but the old, the old guard, the old guard in our sport will go, ah, it's because it's New York. Well, I just proved to you that a sport that has dwarfed you in everything, money, ratings, they don't do it that way. And then the other sport, the NBA that's passed you, they don't do it that way. But yet the old guard in our sport will stick to it. (laughs) It's the Yankees. It's New York. It's it. It's like other sports are passing you by, man. And by the way, the popularity of baseball, uh, why is it? It's because of streaming now. That's where the big money's coming in. We'll get back to that. But – the McGuire home run, it meant a lot. It brought so many people back to baseball, and now the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, David Forrest. David Forrest has so much power. See, you think that he just runs oh dear. the Oakland
6: Athletics? What are we talking about?
0: The power that you have, that you show up. The sun now is down. The heat is dropped. I mean, I've been sitting here in a pool of sweat, but you come out like walking on water And when you sit down, the sun's down. It's dropped 15 degrees. That is the power you have, my friend.
6: You were not getting me here until the sun went down behind that upper deck because I almost passed out just walking out of here. That's called a veteran move. Well, whatever it's called. It's called having AC in the offices and not not wanting to walk away from it. (laughs) You're, like,
0: looking at the sun going, tell Cody I'll be there just after 5 o'clock. We just played the Mark McGuire home run, home run number 62. Okay. And at the end, of the it goes you remember exactly where you'll remember exactly where you were i remember exactly where i was i was at a restaurant eating chicken wings drinking beer uh right across from santa clara university do you remember
6: you where you were i was playing independent ball in springfield illinois we were uh, probably before it was probably during our game that it happened i was on the same in the same time zone so i don't think i saw it live but i know that's where i was that summer
0: it was huge because it brought everybody back
6: yeah I mean, I was, only, I was up the road from there in Springfield, Illinois. We weren't far. It was all-consuming that summer, uh, you know, certainly in that part of the country.
0: We don't get Mark McGuire a lot, but when he went into the A's Hall of Fame, we had him, and he was cool because it was like a 15-minute interview. And Mark said to this day people still come up and thank him for saving baseball. Sure.
6: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, that's absolutely how it was looked upon at that time.
0: And then I think about A's great, Sunday we're going to honor Dave Stewart and we're going to retire number 34. How just important is that? We just honored the O2 team, and uh, it was great to see you and Billy and Dave Cabell out here high-fiving the guys and everything. Just how important is it for your young guys to see the history?
6: Yeah, I mean, between that O2 team and the Hall of Fame, it's been a, it's been a great stretch here to have – of some of the uh, the guys back, I, I think our guys got a lot from that 0-2 team being here. I know you know it was so much fun for a lot of us who've been here since then, but I know you know Kotz was down here with that group, and I know Nick Allen was out here early to keep an eye on some of them. It's it's a big part of, of what the A's are and what Oakland is, so it, it is important. And certainly adding Stu to that list on Sunday is a, a no-brainer. I mean, not only – not only what he did when he was wearing an A's jersey, but what he's done in the game since, having worked in the front office, now being a part of the organization in the community and on the broadcast. I mean, I think I think, uh, think it will be a great day for Stu. I'm looking forward to it.
0: And potentially an owner.
6: Sure. Talk
0: I, about a baseball life.
6: Right. I know that he, wants, he definitely wants that to be on his resume and, and has worked hard uh, to be in that conversation. And, and you know, who's more qualified?
0: What, 23 games left? I'm not counting, but twenty. I think it's 23 Is that left. right? I think it's okay. 23.
6: I, I'm actually not counting, so I don't know.
0: What exactly are you watching, and what's the most important Other than wins and losses, mm-hmm. what's the most important thing for you?
6: To, to finish the season uh, playing hard, you know, the way these guys have. You've seen it you know, on the road trip the last couple days competing uh, I mean, we easily could have thrown in the towel down 6-1 the other day against the Braves, and uh, and we took really good at-bats and battled back and had a chance to win that game. So, to see, see the guys continue to compete, take good at-bats, and then to see some of the starting pitching continue to perform. It was, you know, watching Ken pitch at home for the first time yesterday against what what I think may be the best lineup we've seen all year. I mean, they've got guys down at the bottom of that Braves lineup uh, that would hit in the middle of a lot of other lineups. So to watch him compete and really just, you know, made two bad pitches all day. I don't even know if the pitch to Swanson was a bad pitch. He just turned on it. Um, and
0: also the weather here. Those oh balls normally may not get out. Right,
6: you and I could hit the ball out with with 100 degrees in the Coliseum. I'm just saying,
0: I mean, I, I watch Waldachuk. I actually talked to Cole Irvin today. And I said, Cole, if I, I, I've been saying this on the post-game show. If you give me Cole and you give me Blackburn, give me Waldachuk, give me Sears, and then all these other guys that you have, yeah. you're now looking at a potential five. But one thing that I've been looking at, like kind of like horses, right? You got two stables. You got one stable of starting pitchers. The other guys are relievers. Talking about five guys is not... A reality really anymore it seems like in a season you're gonna need anywhere from 10 to 15 guys you need a bunch of starting pitchers and that's what you have right now
6: yeah you definitely do um and, and the game has evolved and you know some of it has changed with the the limits on pitchers on the roster you can't can't quite run an opener out there a few days a week and you can't do some of the same things we're we're obviously changing guys in the bullpen when we need fresh arms um, but yeah, you've always—it's always been the case that you got to come in to spring training with eight starters, and you got to plan on using more than that during the season. So, um, so that is a critical part of looking ahead—is watching these starting pitchers. You know, the guys you mentioned, plus Adrian, who's pitched yep. really well his last two times out, and then you go down and look in the minor leagues and see who's going to finish strong down there, and. You know, you've obviously got that group in double A that includes Criswell and Cusick and Ginn and you've got Estes and a ball. Uh, You've got you know, you've got guys like Cushing and Leal and see where they fit in the mix. Um, So, yeah, uh, starting pitching is a big part of evaluating the next month.
0: Long way to go. But could you see any of those guys that you mentioned that came over in trades? And I know some of them were, were coming back from injuries. Could you see any of them in the big leagues next year?
6: It's hard to say. I mean, once you're in double A, it's always an option. Um, But we've got a long way to go, both performance and health-wise, till they're really seriously in the conversation.
0: Are you you happy with the progression?
6: Yeah. I mean, they've got another year under their belt. I mean, a couple weeks left in the minor league season. And I think looking at the minor league system overall, we would have hoped for better health just kind of across the board. Position players and pitchers, we had some bad luck this year. Um, And that always cuts into development time. Um, But, yeah, I would definitely say we're happy with with how guys have developed.
0: And I thought we were getting close to being out of it, but still the COVID year. I think Cody Thomas and, and, you know, I've had people say, don't get too excited, Townie. He's 27 years old. But I'm like, well, if you actually look at it, these guys lot. And I think for Cat, I think really for Caprillion, he lost some years through injury mm-hmm. were the years for him really to learn to be the guy that he wants to be kind of lost that rehabbing and then everybody lost that year guys were they weren't even at alternate sites yeah. some guys were and then all of a sudden Cody has the Achilles thing I mean he lost a couple years so you kind of look at him you go tall athletic played at oklahoma you finally got your
6: oklahoma quarterback (laughs) i've heard i've heard that line a couple times this week (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't heard that one (laughs) but
0: but you know it's like we got to remember these guys lost time their ages are a little bit
6: different yeah you're right you sort of you want to be past that you hope that with a little more time we're going to get past this sort of loss of development but it but it is real still and cody's a perfect example because of the injuries And and didn't play in 2020 um, and then missed so much time between last year and this year. He's got well, he's got 47 ABs, I think, this year between rookie ball, AAA, and the big leagues. Um, but he's got the tools. He, he was sort of on the right path before the Achilles thing happened. So you do get excited that he's got a chance here. He's got a chance to get some ABs. He's got some hits right away, which is always nice to kind of get those nerves out. And we'll see what we've got for the next four weeks.
0: How much do impressions right now and we can say good or bad, yeah. right? Because, you know, if a guy goes out there, you call him up, you're excited, he doesn't play well. I mean, that's going to be on your mind. How important are those for next year, or are they not as important as we think?
6: Well, you you asked earlier what are we looking for in these last 23 games. Like, those impressions are absolutely important. I mean, the way, the way a guy finishes a year, the way a guy performs when he comes up for a short stint, like those are the things that stay with us as we go into the offseason. When you're thinking about – you know 40 man decisions when you're thinking about you know what does a 26 man look like going into spring training those impressions are important I'm sure Kotz would tell you the same thing I mean he's he's sitting out here for three hours every night he wants he wants what he looks what he sees on the field to be meaningful so those impressions are are definitely important
0: no doubt and it's uh it's interesting because you know going into next year there will be a lot of change but you'd like to know some of the guarantees, right, sure. of what you'd already have heading to Ho Ho. Yeah,
6: you hope you hope, regardless of what happens during the season, you hope there's a core of guys that you've got penciled in going into the off season because it helps you make decisions. I mean, we're obviously going to look, you know, at, at free agents, both major and minor league. We're obviously going to look at making some trades, but you hope that you go into those conversations and and go into your internal meetings knowing kind of what you've got and and what you can count on come February in Mesa.
0: How do you grade out Nick Allen since now Elvis is here again? You know, we talk about when Elvis was let go, and he said, all right, Nick, you're getting in the pool now for sure. Time yeah. to swim playing shortstop. How do you grade it out?
6: I think the most important thing for Nick is that he's made so much progress between the first time he was in the big leagues and when he came back up. I think we saw that first time you know having to adjust to the speed of the game having to adjust to the pitchers Um, and frankly you know he he got sent down because he wasn't quite 100% ready Um, but the you know, since he came back up and then, like you said, since Elvis moved on and it was kind of Nick's job to run with, we've seen those adjustments made, and that's all you can ask from a young player is to make progress and to develop and, and catch up with the speed of the game, and he has. I mean, he's you know he's got a long way to go. He's played really well on defense. He's done some things offensively, but the numbers aren't quite there. But, um, but as long as you're seeing progress in the right direction, that's what we look for in every, every one of these guys who's come up this year.
0: I know how you're going to answer this because you guys have always been, whatever happens, we'll deal with it, and we'll take care of it, right? To where other people in your position will complain when there's rule changes, they complain about it. You're like, just tell me how many people we got, <laughs> tell me the rules, and let's go. Well, tomorrow at 9 a.m., we're going to figure out if the rules are changing next year. Right. And one of the big ones is shifts. I mean, you guys, every team, but you guys have invested a lot of time. You've invested money into shifts to make your defensive better. Yep. If they take that away, how are you going to feel?
6: I'm going to feel like everybody's playing under the same rules. Man, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? I, I, I don't have the ability to change it. Nothing I do or say in the next 14 hours or whenever they vote is going to change the effect. So you know, we'll figure it out. We'll change. You know, you'll change what you can do on either side of the bag, or you'll change your personnel to fit with the new rules. You know, it is what it is.
0: You're, I, you're I, too even keeled. I, I want you to be angry. I want you to be. Hey, you know how much time and money we've invested in these guys.
6: You don't. You don't stay in this job for 20 plus years by bashing the people that make the rules, Chris. I'd be it's, fired. It's not the first a good year. strategy.
0: <laughs> 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 I'm such a hothead. I'd be an awful general manager. Um, so when you look at that, are you, do, you, do you like it or not? I mean, you, whether you're going to deal with it, would you yeah. like to see the shift stay, or would you like to go back to traditional defense?
6: Um, I like the pitch clock a lot. Me too. Yeah. I'm in on that. I, I've been to enough minor league games in the last year to know how excited everybody should be about the pitch clock. I think it, I think it changes the product. It changes the entertainment. I'm excited about the pitch clock. The shift we'll deal with. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know exactly what effect that's going to have on the game, but I know the pitch clock is going to improve the product on the field.
0: It just means more action, right? And it's happening faster. It just
6: it changes the whole pace of the game. It changes the experience from from the dugout into the stands, upstairs. Like, it changes everything. I, I, I watched two games in Lansing this year. I watched two Midland games. Last year I saw games in Stockton. It just – it's it's different. It's Frankly, it's hard to come back to this and watch – you know the pace of some of these games like we have some games that move okay and you know you get out of here in under three hours and you feel like everything moved but you got some games that drag too and that you know even a three-hour game under a pitch clock feels like it moves better and that's that's what we're trying to accomplish
0: I'm so glad you said that cuz one morning it was early you guys were on the road so I was doing it from my home studio and Greg Amsinger from MLB network was calling a triple-a game now this is a studio guy who watches all the games every night, so he knows how slow this game goes. Yep. He was freaking out how fast it was, <laughs> going, my God, this it. And Shooty Babbitt said the same thing. Our fans need to realize what's coming is it, probably the number one overall thing is the data shows people stay longer for games.
6: For sure. For sure. It's just a, it's a better experience if you're a fan. You, you see more of the game. You, you spend less time, you know, kind of wondering, you know, why there's nothing going on in the field. I, I will say, like, I try and watch our game at the same time as some of our minor league games. And we've got MILB TV, and we're watching, you know, usually Vegas and Stockton are happening at the same time as our game. And you miss pitches from the minor league games because I'm watching this game on the field, waiting for something to happen, and I'll go back to my computer, and there's already been three pitches in the minor league game. I'm like, it's so different. It's such a different experience.
0: Wow, it's a lot of baseball you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> you're grinding down Vegas and hit, but yeah, I can see it's like, oh, the inning's over over here. Wait a minute, we, we're still, yeah. we're still on the first
6: batter. On the other side, like there are times when like I don't want to watch what's going on in this field, and I'll be like, okay, I'm not. You know, team's on the road. I'm not going to check for like ten minutes, and I'll go back and I'll check what's happened, and like a batter has gone by, and I'm like, come on, that's all I missed. So don't worry, I'm keeping score for every batter of every
0: game. So if you miss anything, just text me and I can let you know exactly what's been happening. Uh, Who's your favorite NFL team growing up?
6: I think we've talked about this. The Raiders were in L.A. when I was growing up. boy, Wasn't greatness. I wasn't a huge football fan. So I, I feel a little more attached to the Niners having been here in the area for 20 years and knowing some of the folks over at the Niners. Uh, So if you make me choose, I'm gonna jump on the Trey Lance bandwagon.
0: Well, we got a lot of Niner fans watching and listening, (laughs) so that's good. The reason why I want to bring it up is because the NFL and the running back position has changed. When we were, when you were growing up in LA, there was a guy named Eric Dickerson, Mm -hmm. and he carried the ball 35 to 40 times a game, and he rushed for a bazillion yards. One of the great backs. He's gonna be here on Sunday for Stu's. uh, Oh, is that right? Ed, the Hall of Famer, is gonna be here. So. We don't have those guys anymore. No. They Now it's running back by committee. I'm starting to think about bullpens and closing kind of like the running back in the NFL. You need three or four guys. Am I crazy on that? Instead of saying, all right, you got Eckersley or you got Mariano Rivera, you got Trevor Hoffman, you got this guy. Is there something to be said to having three guys? And maybe even those guys throw more than one inning. Truly, truly starting to train the bullpen to be like that running back by committee.
6: Well, a couple things. There's always going to be the elite closers. Like there's always going to be guys who who just can do it. You know, Kenley Jansen's still out there doing it. Like there's always going to be a group of four or five quote closers who are who just are the best at it. Aside from that, um, you know, I think what you what you say about having a couple guys do it makes sense. Problem is, there's something different about those last three outs of the game. We've seen it here for years and years, um, and you see it across a, a league. Anytime someone tries to go bullpen by committee, you hear. You know, it just isn't the same getting the last three outs of the game. And, and, you know, until you're in the dugout, I think, until you're on the field to experience it, it's hard to really articulate what that's like. So I think the only thing that sort of gets in the way of your theory of, hey, we've got three guys who can close, is that not every team has three guys who can really go out there and get that last out.
0: Yeah, and I, I know. It's like because these kids beat me up. I'm a dinosaur. I'm Clint Eastwood <laughs> get off my lawn, right?
6: Being a former pitcher,
0: wins mean something to me. Saves mean something to me. And they tell me wins don't matter. Yep. They tell me losses don't matter. I got these kids telling me now ERA doesn't matter. I'm like, I don't I don't even know what matters anymore. Sounds
6: like your career was a huge success then, if none of those things matter. There
0: you go. Like, why am I not playing? Why, I mean, I mean, if nothing matters anymore, at least I would have been good at uh, talking to the media after the game. So are, are we getting to a point that we may have – positionless staffs to where you just have, we'll call thirteen, fourteen 13, 14 guys. No one's considered a one or a three or a five or that. It's just, we tell you when to show up. We tell you when to pitch and everybody, you're a pitcher. You're a pitcher for the Oakland A's. I, Could you see that happening? I
6: don't think we're going to get there. I think you have, ha- you have, you have. Such talent on every pitching staff. These guys are so talent. They are the, the elite of what they do in the world. And I don't think you're ever going to get to a point where you can't differentiate which of these guys are are the stars and the starters or the back-end guys. Like, there's such, such hard work that goes into what they do that I don't think they're ever just going to blend into a group of 13 or 14 guys. It just isn't going to happen. They're too good. They're too good to have that happen.
0: I'm not going to ask you about pitchers. I'm just going to. Do wins still matter for teams? Do we still care about wins?
6: I will say, I I don't really look at win loss. If you ask me the win loss records of our starters, I probably I I might get close. Wins is a team. It's a team stat. It really is. It, It always has been. I mean, I know when you know when Cole goes out there or cap goes out there or adrian or whoever these guys, you know ken and and jp now in the rotation and all are i know when they go out there you know what they give us in terms of a chance to win i don't know how many wins cole has i really don't Um, but i know that our team performs well when he goes out on the mound because he keeps us in the game
0: most important thing let's end on this tony camp roberto clemeni award nominee what does that mean for this organization and what has he met community clubhouse to you guys
6: yeah well you're right when you say that, that we're ending on the most important thing I mean you you cannot quantify Tony's impact uh, on our clubhouse on the community on the fan base I mean you just you see all these things about you know him him talking to fans interacting with fans doing things in the community and his you know I would never have have guessed or known about his impact were he not here in person. When we traded for Tony, I thought we were getting a really good utility player, a guy who played the game the right way, played hard. Um, but without seeing him in person, you have no idea the impact that his his personality, just his sort of general vibe, has on everything. And and so deserving uh, and so impactful since the minute he got here.
0: Well, thank you for coming on, and it always means a lot to the A's fans because you want to know what's going on. Sure. And you're a total straight well, shooter. Once you, you got
6: you, the shade, I'm happy to come down here.
0: Somehow, some way you made that happen. It's unbelievable. If you
6: could put A C in my house, then we'd be <laughs> full, we have the full money here.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll put a camera and some A C and boom, the David Ford show. Hey, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. See the you. The general manager of your Oakland Athletics right here on A's Cast Live.
1: Streaming from the East Bay, A's cast live continues with Chris Townsend.
0: All righty. You want to get out of here early. The great Robert Costa will not be working tonight. If he's listening, get better, Robert. Uh, we got Ray.
3: Yeah. Ray's filling in for me for the two karate, and a half weeks. The karate kid? <laughs> um, he loves that nickname. Big fan of the movies, too. From well, we've
0: So we're in trouble. So you want to get out of here early? Uh, yes.
3: You, right before you came, you asked me about Stu. I know we're, we had the celebration on the Sunday. jersey we're on Sunday. Maybe we should get Stu one of the teams on the after so we can talk to him about what happened, the whole ceremony and all that. Okay. Maybe he'll be at NBC Sports and That's you guys fine. can powwow about NBC Sports, too.
0: Um. Well, yeah. Yeah. I got a bunch of TV coming up, so maybe we can have them in studio while we're there. Well, does that make you happy? We don't. I asked a question today.
3: You can get get one of these on Sunday, by the way. Dave Stewart
0: cares about wins as a pitcher. but, but, But I asked a question: Do losses matter? I asked a question that that stumped everybody. I said, "Do losses? Okay, fine. Wins don't matter for starting pitchers. Okay." I asked the question, but do losses? And all of a sudden everybody backed up. My sabermetric friends all backed up. They were backpedaling like Deion Sanders. Do losses matter?
3: I told you they don't. I don't Oh, care.
0: then I said this. And he couldn't answer this. If wins and losses don't matter and you just care about data, there's pitchers who have better data than Max Scherzer? Why are you paying him 43 million dollars a year? Why are you paying Verlander at 39 what are 30 something? Why are you paying them cuz you have pitchers who have better analytics than those two. Why? I told you track record. Track record of what? Of winning. Oh, now winning matters again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Cuz I can find you a lot of pitchers who have better spin rates. I can find you pitchers that have better analytics and better data than Verlander and Scherzer. Why are teams paying them so much money? Why? Tell me why. They told you track record. And what's the track record? They're
3: winners. They've a legacy in the game. They've been around forever. They're for
0: winners. A-
3: well, they both won one World Series. I don't know if we want to call them they're that. They're winners. What I said to you is they, won, they won, each won a World Series.
0: Okay, yeah, when they're going into the Hall of Fame, are they going in because of spin rate? Uh, no. Yeah, exactly. So all you people want to tell me it doesn't matter. Okay, then why do you – why are they paying Garrett Cole that much money?
3: Because he strikes people out.
0: No, that's not why. You're lying. To be honest, I'm being dead honest right now. Why is Garrett Cole getting all that money?
3: I mean, he wins games, but he also gets strikes
0: He's of- there to do one effing thing. What is it?
3: Well, they want him to win, but he hasn't. What is he win. paid to do? To win, but how many big games he want in the playoffs? Doesn't
0: matter. What is he paid to do? Why did they sign him? Did they sign him for spin rate? Did they st- sign him for any analytic? What did the Yankees put on the dotted line? Here's generational wealth. Here is money that's never been seen before by a Yankee pitcher. Why? To win the games for them. There you go. When you start paying people to not win, that's when I'll believe it. When you have a general manager or whoever get up and say, "Uh, we're paying this guy all this money and we don't care whether he wins or not, that's when I'll believe it. When you get a press conference, I might be wrong. Find me a press conference where they not talk about this guy coming in to win games. Find me one and then I'll say I'm wrong. Find me a press conference I want or find me a quote Find me something Find me something that is fact where it says, I'm paying this guy an extreme amount of generational wealth. I've never heard anything, anybody who touches the ball, whether it's a, a, a I've never heard we're going to sign Steph Curry to all this money because we don't care about winning. We're going to sign this quarterback to all this money and we don't care about winning. And we don't care about him winning. Why do we sign quarterbacks to all that money? We're looking at their quarterback record because they win. I'm not saying, well, I hit, I'm signing this guy to all this money because of his completion percentage. Never heard that at a press conference. So, floor is yours. Tell me
3: I'm wrong. You're not wrong, but also I think that we're still evaluating these guys. Verlander and Scherzer been in the league for how many years? I've
0: ne- I've never said there wasn't an evaluation and there wasn't stuff going on. Never said that.
3: Yeah, you're paying. I agree with you. They're paying. You're paying to win big games, but you're giving Gerrit Cole three hundred twenty-five million. How many big playoff games does he want for the Yankees? I don't care about how much you're paying him. How many big games does he want? He hasn't. But what are you paying him for? Well, you're supposed to pay him to win, but he's not winning. Just these are simple answers of what are you paying him for? Your your expectations for him to win big games.
0: That's what they're paying him for. They're not paying him for anything else. They're not paying him for anything else. They're paying for him to win games. They're not paying. They're not gonna at the end of the year, for example, at the end of the year, if he hasn't won games, are they gonna be satisfied with with any other any? You can have you can have wins in this column, and everything else, spin rate. You can have uh, you got X fit. You can have everything in this column. Which column are they gonna judge him on? Oh, his wins. Let
3: me ask you this real quick. Why did the Nationals pay Steven Strasburg all the money? He can't even get on the field, but you're paying him cuz he won one year. That's yeah. that's a that's that's a that's a bad evaluation by the general manager then. You're paying a guy for one year. They paid him for what he did in the past. How many big games did Strasburg win for 2019? But that's still What's your point? He does I I when I think of What is
0: your point? They weren't paying Strasburg Strasburg for us They weren't paying Strasburg for something any other than wins. So what's your point?
3: I, I don't agree with that one. What were they paying him for? Let's see. Uh, potential strikeouts. He always had a decent ERA. He That's never won a lot of games.
0: So you're telling me they paid Strasburg $245 million based on his strikeouts. That's what they paid him for? They, paid, they guaranteed someone $245 million because the number one thing they care about is him striking people out. He's won a he's won 20 games how many times in his career you're you're like you're like trying to make yourself look better in this I'm trying to ask you to I'm paying you 205 million 245 million for what what am I paying you for and you're saying strikeouts
3: I'm telling you he's won 18 games once
0: I let's but every
3: other year he's had a good ERA and a lot of like strikeouts this, it's like this what are we paying you for it's a good question but what are we paying you for? Well, I mean, we're re- paying to, pay- to do a job. Correct, and you have job responsibilities. But but I'm not evaluated off of wins and losses. I'm evaluated off of a lot of other things other than wins and losses. But these- that's my point. I don't care about wins. If the guy does other things and the team goes out and they lose two one, that's on then, his
0: fault. Then there's no point. No one ever said it was.
3: So I don't care about wins. Then that's my
0: point. Then why are you paying them? The- I can get anybody. I- I don't need to guarantee somebody because he's
3: not hitting home runs and driving in runs.
0: I don't need to pay someone three hundred million to just give me innings, right? Yeah,
3: I, I'm over this debate. It's it's silly. I'm not, I'm never going to but the people that like me who don't think wins matter. It's I'm never going to be right. And then in ten years, when we're paying guys off things other than wins, you're
0: going to go, oh well. Oh, I, I I've surrendered, but I just want to know why do we pay certain guys exorbitant amount of money? Because teams can. That's why.
3: Why did the Giants give Carlos Rodon twenty-two and a half million? The Why? Win, why? Win, how many big games has he won?
0: It doesn't matter whether they. They paid won. him for one year. I get it, Cody. But it's whether they've. You're, you're debating whether they've done it or not. I'm asking you why they pay them. Because you, your expectation is to win games, but. So the, so then, can we just end on that? Yeah. Can we just end on that? That they're paying them to win games. Yeah. Now you can say whether they've won them or not. But the the, the 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 question is if I give a guy this kind of money, what am I paying him for?
3: Your expectations for him to win. The
0: team to win. And what goes with team winning?
3: Well, you would think pitching wins, but that always doesn't matter.
0: That's all that's all I've asked. I've d I have asked i have I have not asked anything else. I just asked why are guys getting generational wealth? It's to win. Right? Yeah. Why do we pay Steph? What are we paying Steph Curry for? Three-pointers? He hits more things. Is he just getting paid for three-pointers? No, but he does other things. But he's getting paid to do what? To win, but he also puts up a lot of numbers. Because winning does what? Puts butts in the seats. That's the thing. It's like it's winning. It's like we're all trying to figure out ways not to win. That's all I got? Yeah. (laughs) All right. You know what? I don't know what matters anymore. I don't even know why you show up anymore. Anyway. Do we care? Does do we even ca- do we care about wins and losses for teams? Can we at least still care about that?
3: I still do. I'm, I mean, I'm not, do we
0: still care about wins? Do we actually care about teams winning still? Do we care about that?
3: I mean, we're we're talking about the Dodgers, well, we were talking about potentially setting the
0: record for most wins. Oh no, no, no! We can't talk about their wins. We got to talk about all the other stuff that. How that, many home runs sells. they had? Yeah. Did they, how? What did they strike out? How many pitchers? Do, we don't even know where, who they got. That's another thing we got to talk about. Are the Dodgers more dangerous because they've succeeded with the injuries?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, look at their picture. Look at their picture. Some
0: people are going to say no. They're going to say, well, without Walker Bueller, you don't have a chance. But is there something to be said for a team that wins without their top guys? Does it make them more deadly? Thank you for watching A's Cast Live. We'll have some commercials, and we'll be back quickly. With A's Total Access.
2: The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Die Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Die Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Die Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at LastDieBar.com or follow them on social media at Last Die Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to LastDieBar.com. Com. That's lastdivebar.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.